Hello and welcome to the Court Games LCG podcast with me, your host, Finbar Steelfur, as well as Kokita Onimaru. And I believe he also has a guest for us. Isn't that right, Trevor? Yes, I do. I've been criticized a few times by my friends and actually this guest. Uh, we were like, hey, how can we keep mentioning Max Williams and stuff? Try to like hang on people's glory and stuff? Well, fine. Instead of just repeat parroting what he tells me offline, I thought I'd just bring him on the freaking podcast so you could hear it straight from the parrot's mouth. <laughs> so, I mean, Max, uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, so my name is Max. Uh, I go by Mackie No Oni on the Discord. Uh, if you follow the game at all, you probably know me from playing Crab in many larger tournaments, uh, typically placing very well, and Hatamoto destroying many people's hopes and dreams. Uh, I am also a, a reader for the Table is Yours podcast. Max also has the uh, virtue of being the highest placing player that this podcast has seen. You know, Trevor and I continually uh, place around the middle of uh, tournaments. Not for lack of trying, because Max keeps knocking me out! <laughs> I mean, for whatever reason it happens, you know, having someone on who has actually won won tournaments is, of course, quite fun. Uh, You can depart your wisdom upon us. (laughs) Our local environment is perpetually a Max Williams first place, Trevor Cuba second place, some other people in other places. (laughs) See, we at least get some good variety. So we had our local once a month tournament. We had some special prizes made by our Dojo Creative Designs, who's obviously a London... um, graphics designer who works with l5r stuff and he made a play mat and alt art cards they're gorgeous um on saturday and we always get a different winner because there's a lot of like ebb and flow in the london better and people perform better so we don't have a uh, max no odi get one it's great <laughs> i recommend it if you never won any prizes in your life get one <laughs> give me some give give me some flight coverage i'll come out there for some tournaments yeah <laughs> As long as long as you sell the prices back to everyone else in your playgroup, right? That's fine. <laughs> we keep some. <laughs> <laughs> keep, That's the main thing. He keeps them, we did actually. He keeps them. And he we did actually out have one promo that I had that he didn't. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's such a shame. We did actually have we did actually have one of the uh, US crew visiting London uh, two weeks ago, which was Sideshow from the Discord, yeah. um, who's a lovely chap. Dropped by and said hello, uh, so it was nice to see him. Um, I've had nothing but positive interactions with him in all the forums I've interacted. I've never met him in person, but I've played many different games with him and spoken to him often as he is a crab uh, moderator, so he's in the crab chat a lot. There you go. Crabs talking to crabs. Who would have thought it? I've seen your channel. You don't actually use words. It's just the same word. Just crab all day, every day. Yeah. You know know the way like a Pokemon talks and it's like Pikachu. Pikachu. Yes. Okay. And you understand everything they say, right? That that's how it is. Yeah. To be fair, there's, there's less crab in there right now and more salt. So whatever, we'll get to there. <laughs> that is that is a topic for much later on in this podcast, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, just start us off with a bit of a plug for our Patreon, of course. So we have a Patreon. It's great. It's fantastic. It supports the Discord, all of the Discord's activities, and sort of what we like to get up to. There is, of course, a Patreons-only channel on the Discord that you cannot see, uh, but you could see if you were a Patreon. And they run a competition every year where they give away something either Japanese-themed or related to the LCG. I believe this month there is a choice uh, where the winner of the random giveaway can have any Magic 5, five Magic Rings playmat, uh, any of the Sakura tokens from 
um, from Luxury Playstyle or any of the deck backers from Dojo Creative Designs, which if you haven't seen them are gorgeous. I own multiple copies because I see him and he makes gorgeous stuff and then I have to buy it. Uh, also, Fantasy Five Games and the Nova Open is proud to announce the 2019 United States Legend of the Five Rings Grand Championship. Join us Thursday, the 29th of August at the Hyatt Crystal City in Washington, D.C. The winner of the Grand Championship, previously known as the National Championships, will receive a flight and accommodations to attend the 2019 World Championship at the FFG Game Center in Roseville, Minnesota. The top four will also receive invitations to to attend the 2019 World Championships. As recently announced, the participation in the World Championship for all FFG games are now by invitation only, so this is the uh, so this is one of the ways you can earn an invitation to Worlds. Also, stay tuned to, to additional exclusive price announcements. You can register online at NovaOpen.com. So, after roughly two months of waiting, which seems to be normal for FFG, we have the prizes. Uh, the winner gets a gorgeous playmat that shows Lion fighting Crane, uh, and I assume the Crane Castle on fire, so it's beautiful. Uh, there are metal rings for the top two. These rings look dope. Um, I think people have seen the photo, but they don't realize they're made of metal. Uh, there's clan playmats for the top two of each clan, which features the art from the uh, beginner box characters for the RPG, um, some of whom are getting cards in the new set. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the top four of each clan gets a playset of the conflict card. So the rebuilds, calling favors, talisman, let goes. Uh, and then the top eight get a uh, dial, which is again lion fighting crane. Mm. The top 16 get a favor token, which looks really nice. Uh, and then the top 16 by clan get one of their clan characters. Which yeah. is. Which is. Stupid, may I add. <laughs> That's the only one. Any. Yes. any Anyone getting one copy of any of these cards is it's really foolish. I will say the redesign of the Shogun or the Imperial or whatever glory thing they've done where they've actually put the stats back on the side mm-hmm. is perfect. Um, I wish that Mitsu was like this because it can get annoying sometimes. Um, but genuinely, like these promos look absolutely gorgeous. I do want to give a particular shout out that I'm looking at the top 16 cards that we're going to only get one of. At the very least, these are like useful cards that are played which is kind of a departure from some of the prizes that we've seen in the past yeah and i mean lots of the conflict cards are played as well because you've got clarity of purpose calling in favors mm. they seem to have done a very good job picking promos this time around um i will say that there is no participation prize which is hitting some people a bit off because they think it's going to be hard to encourage people to come but these grand championships should be happening one in every country eventually mm. um currently we have the nova open we have the madrid amethyst championships in october which i'll be going to um which has not only because it was organized as a fan event its own price support provided by luxury Playstyle, as well as custom made honor dials t-shirts engraved swords i think i've seen in the description loads of stuff but it will also have these prizes as a grand championship mm. um and they've got a deal with the hotel, so it's only 21 euro a night. Um, and it's about 20 quid entry. So I think my whole trip is costing me 80 euro. And because it's October in Spain, the flights are really cheap. So it's going to be a fantastic trip. Um, I'm really keen about that. And then, of course, we have had hints from the organizers of the Netherlands that there will be a grand championship on there as well. Um, though details are very, very far from being announced for that. So prizes are fantastic. This is still a program that's kind of being uh, rolled out and having all the the kinks in the iron uh, sorted out. Uh, me and Max are planning on going to this event as of right now. Uh, there is a couple of concerns as an American, as I've mentioned before, America is a large country and 
Um, we're only getting one. Like I know Americans only want to get all the things, but only having one of these in America is kind of an issue, similar to how the uh, uh, World's Discord League is going right now. Of uh, America is such a huge place, we can only get so many bodies on the field. Uh, kind of hope we get like at least one, if not two, more of these over here, U.S. side. Um, also, this event is very close to Gen Con, so I'm kind of hoping that they manage to spread that out a little bit. Because as of right now, I'm not even sure if uh, what my like I might have to choose one event or the other at this point. So we have heard from Matt Holland, who is the new social media guy at FFG, that they are still planning additional competitions for this tournament kit. And just because it is the 2019 season, similar to the Elemental Championships, that does not mean there won't be tournaments using this kit in 2020. Mm-hmm. So there will be a lot more of these. Um, I think everyone should get at least one. I'm hoping that you know the bigger countries get more than one. All the more active countries that are certainly the UK could happily have two, Spain could happily have two, uh, but we'll have to see. They are meant to be premier, bigger events that give more invites to worlds. Max, what do you think? We seem to have cowed you with our <laughs> random, random yelling. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, everybody on the West Coast can suck it because we have Worlds Gen Con and this event all within driving distance over here. Uh, yeah, yeah, RIP California. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I also I will be coming to Worlds as well. Um, I have decided to. I have arranged the time off. Great. Just whether I come on the fifth or the sixth just depends on how this weekend goes. Where I'm going to my last EC of the season. So hopefully I get an invitation. And... Fair enough. I do think that this event should be good fun. Uh, I think it's silly that you only get one copy of the card. And also, it wasn't until I saw these cards that I realized Caillou Envoy isn't wearing a hat. I always thought he was in his art. But it's just a random dark spot above his head. Small tangent, but a lot of these artworks, if you ever find yourself with the full versions of these things, or some like, a lot of these things are like crop versions of older cards or repurposed artwork. Yeah. You find a lot of neat little details like the Bayushi Whisper has a like a, a naked woman in the silhouette in the background I think it's either been cropped out or completely edited out from whatever the original version of that card was yeah. which hey yeah, the one taste I, you know <laughs> the one I always think of is Fushishio the Phoenix Firebird because that art actually comes from like Lord Shiba's guidance or something which is a load of people praying to a phoenix and they've somehow managed to crop the phoenix out of that and leave it crop the people playing and leave uh, the, the phoenix in there which is quite interesting I was uh, on Twitter I, I came across the artist who did the artwork for Solemn Scholar uh, and that one is actually like a huge like nature scene yeah. going on that picture and they've cropped only down to the one figure which is like literally like less than a quarter of the overall picture uh, I'm gonna try to find a place, place to post that somewhere it's a really good piece yeah he's he's like painting by a river or something because it's huge anyone who's tired to deal with like any kind of graphic design formatting just knows like these are the sacrifices that must be made trying to like <laughs> stuff things into like little square rectangle kind of bits so yeah, exactly. I will say it's some BS that uh, most of these characters with their mons, there's stuff going on in the background, and then Dragon and Crab, they're just like, nope, you just get your mon, there's nothing behind you. Every other one of them, there's stuff in the mon. <laughs> Not us. Never us. <laughs> just put an Oni in the mon there. The only thing that's behind a crab is the Shadowlands. We don't want to deal with that. And behind the dragon <laughs> is mystery. <laughs> mystery lots you don't get to know you're not part of the clan (laughs) the one the one other thing i'll say about these prizes i do think it's a bit silly that these top four prizes uh multiples of them are repeats of already existing prizes 
That is true. That is a bit of a shame. Mm. And Let Go will have three promos by the end of the year. Yeah. Ready for Battle already has one. Yeah, because Let Go is going to be in the uh, Crane uh, World Championship deck when that comes out, isn't it? Yeah. Rebuild is already done. I don't, rest, I don't even I like the way the Talisman looks. It's just like, here's a yeah. thing, and then there's a bunch of purple behind it. Yeah, it would be cooler if they had a bigger piece of art for that, but then maybe it's just not That's a bigger piece of art. Anyway, step in the right direction. Anywho. So, for other things in the weekly recap, we have the info for Worlds now. Yeah. November 6th is the last chance tournament, which is interesting because 64 people are going to qualify, plus one person for every seat that isn't claimed at the actual Worlds event. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to attend that tournament. I know I'm planning on it if I don't get my invitation at the weekend, but... I mean, we're seeing a potential of like 80, maybe, as a conservative estimate. 16 tickets not taken. At- it begs the question of like, if you if you take the time and energy to go down to Worlds, what is what level of engagement do you wish to have? And what are your hopes and dreams? Like, if you go there, wanted to go to the top and you didn't get your thing, well, last chance is your time to do it. But also, if the play rounds are so competitive that you have no chance, you just go there on November 6th and go there and scrip out again and then you have nothing to do for several days. Well, they've also said that throughout the entire weekend there's going to be multiple side events going on, so there's not going to be, quote-unquote, nothing. You'll be able to fire a pod up for prize tickets whenever you have enough people. I think that won't be a problem. I, I honestly, myself, expect that if you show up to the last chance qualifier, you will get in. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I think 60 people... Yeah, I, I think 100 people could show up to the last everyone. chance qualifier and um, there would be room for all of them. Yeah, I think the real question is if this is just done this year as a sort of transitionary thing um, and next year it will be more exclusive or if this is just their plan. Because really it doesn't it doesn't make the event more exclusive. It just means locals will get in, oh, anyone who wants to. I want to jump ahead a little bit in the schedule. November 10th is, so the Sunday, which is after all of the, the main event tournament, which is going to be on Saturday on day two on November 9th. On Sunday, November 10th, is going to be the 2020 uh, Worlds Qualifier. So it might be only people from that event who want to transfer over are going to get their extra ways to get in uh, next year. But that's just pure speculation on my part. I expect that that qualifier will be a lot like the one they ran this year that ran alongside day two, where it was seven rounds of Swiss and everybody who was undefeated got uh, an invite. Yeah, I I expect it will be a similar. Yeah, six rounds, everyone undefeated gets an invite. Sounds pretty good. Um, I think it's just nice to be able to secure your ticket for the next year straight away. And we haven't had any more information about prizes. I think everyone's just expecting a prize wall. Um, hopefully they don't try and reuse the Grand Championship prizes for that prize award and give us something different. The only thing we know about the prizes is they said that the Koku that you collect during the various Kotai events throughout this year are not going to be viable for the prize wall. Thank you, James Matthews, for that one. Yeah. I think we kind of expected that because this is the Kotai season. They're all branded with the season. And, of course, Worlds is supposed to be a bit of a premier event. So I think we saw that coming. What if I bring my Chuck E. Cheese tickets that I've one at Chuck E. Cheese. Can I use those? <laughs> yes. I'm going to say I yes. I mean, you can go back to Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know what, what, what this so, Chuck E. Cheese yeah. is. Oh, yeah. He's, um, he's European. He doesn't know our Europe, our, our American ways. Our European ways. <laughs> so Chuck e, Chuck e. Cheese is like a pizzeria-type restaurant for kids that has a bunch of like arcade-type games where you can win tickets to tournament at the prize wall for silly prizes. Oh, put it this way. that sounds do, fun. Do you know what Five Nights at Freddy's is? I have heard of it, well, but I don't do horror games. That's basically Chuck so E. Cheese. No. <laughs> okay, that does not... I mean, 
don't, my dairy allergy already dissuaded me from going to a pizza place, but I'm even less keen now. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so thank you for that. Uh, when I'm in Minnesota, I will not be going to Chuck E. Cheese. Um, um, a bit more back on topic. <laughs> I had one thing. I believe somewhere they said that um, if you're qualified for the tournament, you are should not be in the last chance. And I believe you can only sign, yes. sign up for either day 1A on November 7th or day 1B on November 8th, but I can't find that anywhere. It, it's, it says that on the registration form. Which I know you haven't checked out is you haven't earned a spot okay. yet, but I have gone and inspected it as I... Ha- <laughs> <laughs> because you keep blocking me. <laughs> that is what we yes. call a humble brag, right? <laughs> such a shame, such a shame. Um, yeah, so last chance qualifier is only for people who haven't uh, qualified. So unlike the recent Grand Cotize, there will be no one who has a place knocking you out, uh, which is quite contentious recently. And of course, day 1A or day 1B. I do hope that they come up with a side event for people to play in who are qualified, because as I will be traveling with Trevor to this event, uh, and possibly other locals, uh, it would be pretty lame of them to go, hey, show up, uh, and everybody who came with that's qualified, sit, uh, go sit on your thumbs for this day. Again, I think if you find enough people and you say, can we play a pod, they'll be like, cool. Side note to me and Max traveling to wor- worlds, do not stop in Wisconsin for cheese curds. Just throwing that out there. FYI. BT dubs. Okay. <laughs> Is this just a, pers- a personal rule of yours? <laughs> it wasn't this last trip. I mean, it is now. Okay. <laughs> Did it cause serious problems? Uh, Was there just too much cheese? <laughs> and it, it's like literally what the last hour or two hours of our like ten to twelve hour drive, and we're just cruising through Wisconsin. Which, if you don't, if anybody you don't know, being for Europe, it is the uh, considered the uh, Americans' dairyland. This is where like all they have is like cheese and cheese-like products. Like you can just go to any yeah, they, they have that giant cow made out of butter, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they just go to any store. They have like not, they don't just have cheese curds. They have like whole walls of like various flavored cheese curds and stuff. And we're, we're like doing our last bathroom break and stuff. I'm like, hey, here's a little snack and stuff. Like a little like memoir for the road because I wasn't even that hungry and stuff. Like this is just some Wisconsin <laughs> cheese and stuff. Like 20 minutes into this cheese and I had just used the bathroom. I'm like, Max, pull over this goddamn car right now. <laughs> There's problems. <laughs> And it happened like three more times. (laughs) That is, uh, that is intense. Um, Wisconsin is banned. Put Wisconsin on the restricted list. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, because you can just have to rebuild Wisconsin. (laughs) Rebuild Wisconsin. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So there was also this recent FFG stream, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, salient details, pack six will definitely not be out for Worlds, which is good Mm -hmm. because we know that they've pushed a load of powerful cards into pack six and we don't want those coming out just before Worlds and changing everything. They're not not sure about pack five because they're having troubles with distribution. People haven't noticed yet, but they don't, they can't say for sure if pack five is going to fall within the, uh, must be out for, uh, for 11 days before it could be viable for an event. So. so hopefully what they do is what they did for Birmingham, which is just come out two or three weeks before where they have a better understanding if it's going to be delivered and just say yes or no. Because we know all the cards and people can play test, but they need a good month to do so. And I think I would rather if they said a month in advance, it's not going to be out than if they just let everyone guess until two weeks before. Because you want to play test for Worlds. Like you want a good amount of time to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it'll depend on if there are good crab cards in there or not. If there are, it won't make it in time. <laughs> Okay. 
And if there if there are, you want them to hold off until for saying so until just before. No, if it, no, I, I want I want them, but but I don't think they'll make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the smart thing is that all of the elemental roll cards are in pack two this time, so they will be out well before Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already know them all. Um, mostly, I think. Well, we, we, there's spoiled. some that we know, and some that we quote unquote know or don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that and in we'll, a little bit, but uh, they do have. Yeah. There is a good intention of they want to put all of the elemental roll lock cards into a single pack, so they don't have to guess about what cards are going to be coming, which is fine for this cycle. But like, I believe if everyone like was voting at the end of the element first. Uh, half of the elemental championships. I bet they would have liked to know what cards were coming out in this pack and stuff. It kind of lucks out that Crane's getting some void options here in this one. Eric Falhus, the Shogun, assures me he did not have any insider knowledge of what was going to come out in the packs when he ultimately chose. Uh, <laughs> oh no, he chose Secret Fire. Never mind. Well, we're currently we're currently voting again for another role, aren't we? Because we've got the other the second phase of ECs going on. So I think a lot of those votes have gone in without knowledge of what these cards are, which is a bit iffy. Yeah, if you if you have uh, been part of Crab Chat, whenever the question gets asked of what role should we vote for, uh, the answer is always. Don't vote yet, and if you feel the need that you must, Keeper of Air. Okay, I mean, Keeper yeah. of Air is pretty I, I solid for a lot of good I myself think Keeper of Earth effect, would be pretty so. fun and run yeah. to Daka with Earth Becomes Sky, but you know. Yeah. I mean, Dragon looks like they're going for Seeker of Air because we want a Seeker role. Um, and also, I'm pushing for it because we get a lot of access to fun honor cards, which I think will be fun. Um, and we want a Seeker role because we may be able to break three provinces in one turn. Please soon, stop. And I want to do that. Um, but yeah. we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later on, right? Minor note: This will be what I'll take it over. As uh, it has been confirmed that the third crane pack, which is named Justice for Satsume, is going to be centered on a Crane Clan Civil War, which was hypothesized when they previewed that pack. They showed uh, those deck backers that had uh, Doji Hotaru and Doji Kuwanin uh, seemingly facing off against each other. So that's going to have more story implications. This was more for our sister podcast. Uh, uh, with uh, Korvar and uh, Kaori to talk about, but it is something uh, neat to know. <laughs> I'm just going to say, boom, not so pretty now. Um, not so pretty now. I mean, when you have, like, we're just calling <laughs> the week at this point. I mean, it, oh, the best clan will survive <laughs> at the end of it. So That is true. The Sudas Hataru is dead. Uh, us beyond the wall welcome anyone who wishes to leave with open arms. All are welcome in the Shadowlands. <laughs> Listen, this isn't Game of Thrones. You can't just take the black and then disappear. Well, we don't disappear. We just use them to, to smush crabs. <laughs> this is actually how it works. You can just go and fight with the crab. They don't really care. They will take anyone. You you can also fight against the crab as well. So you can go beyond the wall. <laughs> oh, you mean beyond the wall. I'm not Mackie no Oni because I side with the crab. <laughs> Yeah, Max is basically the Night King. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no Maho for anyone. No Maho, and also no fictions in our packs. Apparently, the rate that the story is basically being accelerated, or at least being distributed differently, they were kind of unclear about what the nature of this was, but having fictions tied to certain packs, especially when we seem to have no freaking idea when a pack will come out anymore, uh, they were going to stop putting fictions into the clan pack, or into the any kind of uh, packs at all, just so they can have a better control over how the story's released and stuff. I can already get yeah. a sense that some of the, the stories that 
have been happening so far are like, we've got like several things, but we like, we can't preempt the book that's going to come out at this time. Uh, we can't like miss certain windows that we already had locked in. So maybe hopefully fiction is going to come out at a much more consistent, fast pace. And also what I'm really hoping is more story options for players at tournaments. We saw something at uh, Birmingham recently with the Phoenix getting a small story choice. Hopefully we're going to see a lot more of those in the coming future. And I think we got a hint of this when we saw that the crane pack came out and then the next book to come out wasn't crane. It was dragon. So clearly the story has been planned but the lcg product for whatever reason due to delays or due to the clan pack acceleration or whatever it's just coming out at a different pace and they want to be able to control their story a bit more than they're currently getting the one thing i wish for the fiction in packs uh they because it's something they did well sometimes in the previous cycles is just putting little side stories not related to the main story like, they had the one about the Shadowlands people going and being in the Crablands, and they had the Crab peasants fighting against them. Not related at all to the main storyline. Could happen any time. That'd be a good thing to put in the packs. Yeah, that is true. And maybe featuring one of the generic characters that's just always doing something in Rokugan that's in the pack. Like, you know, here's a border guardian. Here's a story about how people guard the wall. You know, that sort of thing. If you recall something they did in the when the Crane Pack, the uh, Masters of the Courts came out, uh, that one didn't have any fiction in it. Well, it had uh, the history of the clan, and specifically it went to detail of how the kind of iconic marriage of Kikita and Lady Doji went down. So having history of the clan and clan lore is also a path that seemed to be interesting going down. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the other news, of course, is that unfortunately, I'm sorry, Max, uh, Crab no. are not getting a stronghold in this cycle, uh, which I know a lot of people thought they would yeah. be. However, your clan pack will be out and legal for Worlds, and you didn't get Shirokitsuki, so <laughs> I think you're still winning. So that means there will be this. there will be no strongholds um, <laughs> available this cycle. Absolutely zero strongholds. <laughs> so I have been testing Shirokitsuki. It is interesting. No, no, it's interesting, genuinely, but it doesn't fire all that often. Um, but it is interesting when it does fire. I ended up in a very funny situation with Consumed by Five Fires and Master of Gisei Toshi because um, I was playing a very controlling political deck uh, where he named the Air Ring or the Earth Ring. I attacked on the Air Ring and then if he played the card, I would take the Earth Ring and then he couldn't do a counterattack and use Consumed by Five Fires when he was attacking with Gisei Toshi because I couldn't censure it. Um, so then he was actually properly locked out from playing cards. But then he just attacked on the airing and played Consumed by Five Fires, <laughs> where I couldn't censure it. So it didn't work, but it did work for the first conflict, which was interesting. That, that was a great story, Fidbar. <laughs> Listen, no, 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 right. This this was my new Dragon Honor deck, right, which gets greater understanding on the airing, gets out some Tranquil Philosophers, and then just gains four honor every turn, right? Okay. I was I was doing well. It was a good engine. But then I lost repeatedly. Well, you didn't do well, did you? <laughs> I broke a stronghold once. <laughs> I, did re- I was on twenty three. Really until I lost. I'm just saying. <laughs> are are you are you in denial, like lion? I've won a game once. The the deck's viable. I've, I've won games. No. <laughs> so I have been inspired to rebuild the deck, right? But this time it's going to be oppressive control dueling that also has greater understanding to gain honor. So, Well, send me that list because my oppressive deck just... Well, we'll talk about that. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, before, yes, uh, we before will. Before we start talking about the uh, the stream in- info, uh, we, as we mentioned, uh, the Lion Pack are also in dire straits. Their pack, which is slated to be the next clan pack out, is not going to come out until mid uh, quarter three. So that's somewhere between August, September, somewhere in that kind of zone. Yeah, but it will still be legal for worlds. I think that's the most important thing people are looking forward to at this legal point. Legal for worlds, not legal for Gen Con, probably not legal for the Nova Open. I I'd expect it legal for Nova because mid third mm. quarter is like middle August. It'll be very close though. And I I would like to see them try to yeah. push for it to be legal by then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, though Lion on they are still winning some stuff. They want my local. Did tournament you re- here, did you record that in the history books so that Just when everybody so talks about how good crab is now we're winning everything i'd be like well they won an event in Eng- lion won an event in england no but i didn't record it because i was playing shirikatsuki <laughs> so that event can be quietly forgotten i will pay one fate to a ring and i will discard that event from your hand seems reasonable that's what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> seems overpowered but i'm going to keep doing it regardless all right, gentlemen, let's go on to our main event which i want to start off with so tyler during the stream last week showed off some cards and i mentioned this in the jade pro well, by the way i'm gonna let you two take uh, the head of this because i talked about majority of these cards on my guest appearance in the jade throne podcast last week but i did point out that some of the cards that he showed us were things that were like kind of known and as keeping with ffg's policy we're not going to talk about any unofficial spoilers just kind of floating around like but i did want to make a comment how kind of weird it is because uh and kind of a side story in the old game the leaks were rampant, and it got to the point of there would be create this old boys club of if you wanted to do well in a tournament, did you get access to some of the leaks? And that would give you up to two yeah. or three months had lead time on testing cards out. And back then, the cards weren't so swingy, so or there would only be like a handful of like real powerful cards. You could really predict the meta if you had access to all of the leaks. And yeah. all the people at the top table were just like, here's all the people who had access to the cards. And at one point, I was just like, hey, can I join the playtest team? Because I'm pretty sure I'm like the only player at this tournament who does not have access to this information. So I really just like how when like leaks are kind of like, I'm not including like, oh, hey, if someone like takes a picture of FFG and that kind of gets circulated, that's not good. But these cards from all uh, sources, indicate that they were like released in uh europe asia somewhere like there the philippines the philippines and we're just our product being like bought and paid for and distributed this is like less a leak issue and more a ongoing continuing of the saga of ffg's kind of like really unfortunate distribution thing yeah so and i will say that one main difference between now and the old game is that with discord being so prevalent anyone who wants the leaked cards can get them so there is a lot less of this old boys club thing um because everyone is talking about them we're just not i don't believe in sharing them until the official release date has has come out that is the discord policy because that is ffg's policy and i think it's good to respect that also i mean this time it's a bit different because the leaks were like the cards were sold so i have no issue with people sharing those photos because someone has bought the cards but i think if they leak from an unofficial source or they leak early or from a playtest document it does just kind of spoil the fun of the release i mean i know everyone's impatient and keen to get sort of the new crack you know the new um the new cards the new you know addiction that we have for alphavar in their hands but you know, there is something to be said for waiting for the cards to come out and actually seeing them as per the release schedule, um, which I think is ruined by leaks. Because um, we, we don't have anything to talk about now. We've got five months of 
we've already seen all the cards and we talked about all the interesting ones. I do think part of that is, and how it spread so rapidly here is because FFG has been so delayed in actually getting these cards out. We have had very, very few products in the past almost eight months. We have gotten only three releases. And so people are pretty ready for new stuff. And when people are like, oh, did you see this card? I was like, I want to see the card. Let me see the card. Let me see. Where's this card? What's this card you're talking about? So. Yeah, but I think people will be like that regardless. I think we want to know. We want to know now. It, we're in that sort of culture, and you kind of do have to respect that which is why it would be better if there weren't leaks and the articles built hype slowly for the cycle. But it is what it is. We'll talk about them when they actually release um, because I think that's fair. Though we do have some of the cards from the recent stream that we are going to talk about, which are quite exciting. Yes. So I think, I mean, first on that list, we have Kitsuki Yukimi. So three fee for three, one glory, great stats. Bushi, champion, so can't be targeted by Kune Nikoma. Uh, after you gain fame from a ring during a conflict with this character is participating, this character cannot be chosen to the targets of the opponent's triggered events, uh, or triggered abilities, so events, cards, provinces, whatever. Um, this does work when you take a fate off a ring when you're declaring a conflict, as that is part of the conflict. I believe Tyler has come into the Discord and officially said that. Yeah, so that makes this quite powerful. So the majority of the time when you're the attacker, you know, if you've got a Tranquil Philosopher, you've got her... You build a tower on her and she just can't be targeted. No Kanjo District, no Fate Worse Than Death, just nothing. It's a built-in um, It's a built in uh, above question. The real question is, though, will this character replace any of the great three drops that Dragon already play, which uh, is so a harder question. This is something question. I got corrected on because, I, like I said, I was on the Jade Throne podcast last week and I went on kind of a long rant about how this thing, like, as I read it, and I don't think I was necessarily wrong to read it this way, at least by my first glance, where I thought it only worked of my characters cannot target this character, which of there are very few events or uh, characters like that worthwhile. Uh, being not being able to talk about any triggered ability makes like much more broadly increases the things that Yukimi shuts down. That being said, I'm still kind of with you, Finbar. Of like, I well, like, does this replace? Here's a question: Does this play replace uh, Retsugu at all, or give him a money run for his money whatsoever? Well, he, he's a questionable include at the moment, because although he has a dual list of a lot of high fate characters, and he can't necessarily duel a lot of crab characters, um, so it's a bit of a question mark. What he what she might replace is just a higher-cost character. She might replace a four-cost character. Um, if the deck skews away from Monk, she might take Mitsu's slot into more of a military-focused, Bushi-focused deck. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for this card to keep Dragon's cost curve down, um, which I think is quite interesting. I don't necessarily think she'll replace any of the three drops we play quite now, but she is very good. Um, she's just very good. Yeah, that's all I'll really say. Now, I have a I have a flavor question real quick, because despite being on a story-reading podcast, I'm abysmal at keeping up with the story. Uh, she is the first three-cost character to have the champion keyword. Uh, okay. Yes, yeah, so she is the Topaz champion, right? Oh, last year's Topaz champion. So when you... She's one of the people from the beginner's playset for the RPG. Um, Kitsuki Yukimi is uh, the Topaz champion from the year before the player characters arrive for the Topaz Maybe championship. I played that one. I ran him through the beginner's um, box set. So to be fair, she doesn't play... Yeah. She plays a surprisingly small role in it. Yeah, she shows up and gives you some plot hints and stuff like that, but that's it, really. Um, but that's why she's a champion. Yeah. Now... Did the five cost? I've, I'm horrible at remembering the character's name. The five cost who doesn't buy when you have the favor. Is she a champion? 
Uh, yes, uh, Agasha Subiko. Does she have the? Okay, she does have the champion. Cube. She is the Ruby champion who is responsible for. She does, and she is responsible for training Emerald champions and the Emperor's children. Um, that's what the Ruby champion does, and she's also the interim Emerald champion when Satsume died. Okay, so Yukimi is the first we've seen to be a three-cost champion, which is interesting. Yeah. Yes, but th- I think the whole point is that because the Topaz champion is a Genpuku tournament, she's only a year out from her Genpuku, so she shouldn't think, be super. I think super the big buff. question is: Is can you splash Phoenix and play Ofushikai? <laughs> The answer is, somebody should try it. I mean, the answer is, if anyone can, it's Dragon, because we have three the champions. Interest- and if we play Yoritomo and, Tito- and Tatori, we can have five. The answer is you can't, because I just looked it up, and it has no influence cost. So the answer is no. No, that can't Wrap be it right. Up, gentlemen. I've seen Crab Decks play. <laughs> God damn it. Actually, really? I think it could only be attached to I a Phoenix character. No, I'm just, I'm just looking at the influence value. It just says Let's look this no up. I mean, I'm looking at it. It, maybe it doesn't. This is a yeah, okay, no, thing. it can't be. <laughs> no, welcome. it doesn't. So your crab players were cheating. Thank you for uh, clearing that up. <laughs> that sounds like crabs. Speaking of crabs... Yeah, let's talk about student of anatomies. So, 2-1-2, zero glory, Shigenja Earth, not unique. Action, sacrifice a friendly character, obviously. Uh, choose a character until the end of the phase. Treat that character's text box as if it was blank. Printed text box, I should say. Uh, except for traits, good or bad... The character's biggest problem that it faces right now uh, is potentially space issues. Um, Yeah, you don't tend to have a lot of cheap characters just lying around ready to be thrown into the grinder as crap. Um, You have your Caillou Envoys, you could run your Eager Boys, and you've always got Keeper Initiates lying around. But a lot of times I have a feeling he will come out and sacrifice himself. And that's okay, um, but it's not amazing right if you have the sacrifice synergy cards he gets a lot better um and i also find it ironic that he is a shugenja which crab have been really hammering for to be able to get cloud the mind more reliably into play and he's kind of like eh, maybe you don't need cloud the mind as well. <laughs> i do quite like that yes and also i think his theme is very coony like i'm studying something by killing something else and now I'm good at making sure that this other evil thing doesn't really do anything like to us. Like the crane walking in our lands, Trevor. What? When have I done that recently? Uji comes over here. <laughs> we say no. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, so next up, we have Unicorn Idarioma, unique, three, zero, four, one glory. Uh, and this guy basically has a Gaijin Customs built in. He's a courtier, his cavalry... During a conflict in which he's participating, choosing unicorn and a non-unicorn, controlled by the same player, bow one of those characters and then ready the other. So it's an interesting effect that could punish people for splashing unicorn conflict characters. It's good for straightening your massive Yoritomo out of Shira Shinjo if you have a one-cost character in play. I think it's it's very bad for the current unicorn deck because of zero military. Um and even ignoring, if you're like, well, he has four political, that's not much for three cost nowadays. He is he is four worth of stats for three cost, um, which even if you're yeah, generating a, sure. a lot of money off of uh, Shiro Shinjo, is just not what you're looking to spend it on. His ability is very potentially good, but putting a card in your deck that says, well, if my opponent is crab and has a Yuchi Wayfinders, I'm going to get him. Uh, that that just doesn't seem worth it, and I have often found that being like, well, if my Yoritomo shows up in my Dynasty deck, 
then this guy who also has to show up in my dynasty deck will be very good. Assuming they don't play Cloud the Mind. Is too many is too many ifs to justify a spot currently. Yeah, exactly. I think it synergizes a bit with the idea of like, hey, I've got a lot of these really cheap uh, conflict characters in my hand. I'm going to start throwing some goblin sneaks down or maybe some like ancient masters. Uh, but like, I can't think of a cheap throwaway conflict character that unicorn would be really jazzed about splashing. So, uh, well, there's always the uh, conflict wandering Ronin character. <laughs> Yeah, like, if if he's like, I play Tattooed Wanderer into a fight and get to attack with it, and then it's, 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 it'd be bowed, like, you had... Yeah, Kujira's hiring. Maybe, maybe dragon stuff. Maybe lions, one-cost guy is not bad. Yeah, uh, if Unicorn gets a courtier deck going or something, maybe he fits there, because he is cavalry, so, he, like, he can come back with cav reserves. But, yeah. At the moment, you'd rather just see Shitome Encampment flip out. Like, you'd just rather see Shitome Encampment, right? Because that's a, that's a free ready. Yeah. And they are the only clan that has a really strong political buff in Speak from the Heart, which does make it quite interesting. Um, so next up is my personal favorite card of the entire set, Just a Cause Approach. One for a plus one military uh, attached to a courtier. Attached character gains during a conflict, initiate a military duel, resolve a duel, dishonor the duel's loser. If that character is already dishonored, bow it. If it's already bowed and dishonored, discard it. I'm going to have so much fun with this card. Because just like duelist training, because it gives the attached character the co- the conflict, the text, if I attach Way of the Dragon, I'm going to do it twice. Now, let, let me ask you, what character are you planning to put this on? So Kitsuki Jusai is a 3-4 courtier with two glory, right? So if I get Seeker of Air, and I can start running Soul Beyond Reproach, then I'm going to honor him to make him a 5-6. And then I'm going to give him two Kakita Blade, and this, and Duelist Training. And then I'm going to duel people. And I'm going to foreshame them, because he's a courtier. And then I'm going to duel them. And then I'm going to play uh, Story Defeat, which I can bow and dishonor them if they lost a duel. So I'm going to duel them with policy debate. I'll play story defeat, bow and dishonor them. I'll duel them with this, discard them. And then people are going to be like, why can't you just play right Sugu again? What, what is this courtier madness? <laughs> so, so I hope you have a lot of fun with the deck. Uh, I, I don't think I will avoid coming to tournaments in fear of Kitsuki Jus- uh, Jusai. Uh, Justicar's approaching me to death. Yeah. Though there is the last card we're looking here, which gives a um, courtier Ambushi to a character, and there is some debate about putting this uh, that card on Hitomi and Way of the Dragon. So then Hitomi goes, duel, bow and dishonor, duel again, bow and dishonor. That's potentially two characters bowed and dishonored, and then Justicar's approach both of them and kill them both. But- but I just want to say that I really love how like all your strategies about how to make this card work in Dragon revolve around splashing a bunch of crane cards <laughs> to win your duels. <laughs> and also drawing and having stick a Way of the Dragon. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to be playing Way of the Dragon anyway this set. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just going to happen. We were already running one of them anyway, so... 
but also we're going to be playing Duel to the Death. We're going to be flashing all the crane cards. Like, <laughs> you're just going to be rocking that support of the crane, aren't you? Like, screw keeper, screw, no. Me, uh, screw seeker. No, because we need we need defend your honor. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, that Trevor knows this well. He shouldn't be speaking. He knows well the pain of not having defend your honor in his dueling deck. Exactly. But then cranes can't can't defend your honor because they're all weak and political panties. Uh. Um, so, you know. Though speaking of Seeker or Keeper, our next preview is Seeker only, uh, Four Strength Province, Smuggler's Cove, uh, Water Roll. During a conflict of this province, choose a character you control and select one. Either move that character to the conflict or move it home. Strongest Water Province we've seen so far? Yeah, I think it's it's problem runs into right now a lot of decks are running water as their stronghold province and this just doesn't seem like an action i want on my stronghold province like i mean it helps with overcommitting and covert this is true and... but like you if you're i'm just gonna say like if you uh play the game a lot and know the like flow of things you shouldn't really overcommit on a defense right like you should know how much force your opponent can do so that's iffy of an argument for me and for like covert true is there enough covert that it's relevant i will also say as a crab uh seeker rule only means this card is unplayable trash so perhaps for other clans it's more relevant but in my experience uh i'm not that afraid of getting coverted at my box and losing because of it yeah, and you're not, yeah, two water provinces as well is just a bit questionable. But I think this and Midnight Revels is not a bad lineup. Midnight Revels goes under your stronghold. Um, this might go, like, if you had Seeker of Water, this could go somewhere else. Yeah, you, you could you could position them depending on what the matchup is. If you're like, well, I'm playing against Dragon, and he's going to drop Mitsu and Tattooed Wanderers, Smugglers, Kovan Box, please. Yeah, though Mitsu and Midnight Revels is a... Is a good interaction for you as well. So yeah, I think so. The next preview I think is the most exciting one we've seen. So Inferno Guard Invoker, awesome art, uh, four three two with four glory. Yeah, but you'll see why it's awesome. This is Shigenja Fire during a military conflict. Choose a participating character you control. Honor that character. If a province is broken during this conflict, sacrifice that character at the end of the conflict. Is that not amazing? It's a, it's a very good defensive tool. You think so? Yeah. My big issue with this card is, I said this on Jade Throne, um, Mark of Shame is a card that exists. <laughs> yeah, but in, in two clans. I mean, I mean sure. Look, look, like if you're playing against this, he brings this in against your stronghold. This is in the aggro Phoenix deck, right? Hmm. Um, so he plays this character, maybe he puts my ancestor strength on it, and suddenly it's a 10-10, honored. And if it breaks your stronghold, who cares? He's won the game, right? Yeah, but what happens if I go to a tournament and I'm rocking Phoenix, I'm trying to get this guy, and next thing I know, Finbar's sitting right here with Kitsuki Jusai with a Justicar's approach. I'm <laughs> <laughs> dishonored. Yeah, I mean, look, dishonor will work. happen. But the fun thing is that if you dishonor him, he uses his ability and doesn't die. Right? I mean, sure. Then you drop way of the dragon, it's, it's all over, man. Game over. <laughs> I mean, that's going to happen regardless, right? <laughs> of whether he's honored or not. He's only a 7-6 when he's honored. I think he's a card that has a lot of potential for being very good and a lot of potential for being binder fodder, depending on how much good support I will make you a promise that Curlis Army, who runs his aggro Lion Phoenix deck, will play three of this card. I'm making, I'm making a call, okay. right? I, I think it's going to be there. 
Now, I know I was wrong about Aranat, (laughs) but I'm optimistic about this one, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just, it's it's just. (laughs) I promise you he will see more play than most currently existing Fire Shugenja. That is a good point. Everyone knows that Waterbirds are the real winners of the Phoenix Clan. Um, surf wizards. So next up is the crane card that basically highlights the civil war. We've got two crane guys fighting, five province strength, which is huge. Uh, conflict between kin. Uh, during conflicts in this province, each participating character you control, your opponent controls, cannot be the chosen as the target of events, and cannot have an attachment played on it if that card shares a clan affiliation with that character. So yes, which means it's probably not powerful enough to see play. Um, it also doesn't stop the majority of attachments like Fine Katana or Nate Fan. Uh, is it good, Trevor? I re- So obviously this thing is meant to be really screwy in the mirror match. I really like it as a stronghold province, especially right now that Crane have Seeker of Void. Um, I slapped this under my stronghold. You, can, you, Your green cards can't be played with your green cards, but my cards can just be played unabated. I really like that. Um, and then if I'm up against a, a crane mirror, well, I'll just throw it somewhere into the row and throw something else under my stronghold. I really like that. Because you, I mean, you put pilgrimage under your stronghold at the moment because it's beefy. It depends on the, it, if you value uh, upholding authority, then you put midnight rebels under the deck. Uh, if you want uh, a consistent defense, like we still have kind of a weak military-ish, so you put entrenched position under the box and you throw yeah, that's fair. And your gardens into the row. But, uh, you know, why create have secret void like this? this? is something that's very, very valuable for right now. So one thing this does stop, which is quite interesting, is a lot of clans are now doing the play a big attachment in the conflict and then rely on Defend Your Honor to protect it play. Mm. So Crab are doing Jay Tetsubo with Defend Your Honor. Dragon are doing Daisho, Defend Your Honor, or Jay Tetsubo, Defend Your Honor. Uh, but that uh, would uh, trust work, me, but me and Daisho Max know this. <laughs> one of us yes. knows it harder than the other. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that this would Trevor's stop that play. Well, I mean, it's just the only way to go. Raitsugu, or Tetsugu hands, as I keep calling him, is the better combo, because, of course, all of your fate goes away, and then he kills you. So, you know, it's a win. Um, so that's interesting. And then the Lion have two-cost event, four bearers echo, spell air, air roll only, so Lion are going to be happy. I think they have an air roll at the moment. During a military conflict, choose a character in your discard pile, put that character into play in the conflict. If they're still in the play, put them on the bottom of the dynasty deck. So it's a charge from your discard pile. It's mortatory. It's, or as someone pointed out, charge a spirit caller, use the spirit caller, charge a spirit caller, <laughs> get three spirit callers back. Um, I... <laughs> but it's, it's, very, it's good, isn't it? It's spirit calls a one trick pony, but it's a very good pony. So, <laughs> So to me... One of the things that I've often thought has held Lion back in design is the fact that any powerful characters they print will be abused with Spirit Caller. And this card just further enforces the fact that they can't print good Lion characters. Uh, and it, it also runs the risk of now they can't print super strong cards for many factions because there's now a spirit caller that every faction has access to and more reliably than spirit caller because it's a conflict card so i mean if you're lying you get an air roll you splash solbion approach you splash this you bring it to tori you honor him yeah like don't get me wrong this card is very very strong but i think it limits design space in a way that's not good 
Um, I expect Phoenix to run this card. You want to negate the downside of Inferno Guard Invoker. Uh, make it so that the character is just going to go away anyway, and then the character dies and doesn't go to the bottom of the deck. Does this fit into uh, Crab's nascent uh, suicide sacrifice theme that's kind of coming around? It's possible, especially because we are likely to have Keeper of Air. It We will have to see more of the cards, because like you don't want to get back a random chump to sacrifice the student of anatomies for two fate, right? Exactly. Like, you want a big guy. And that's questionable. It falls in the same problem as charge, and I, I'm i very surprised they printed it, because it's one fate more charge, except with more options, and it's spirit color. Yeah. Um, I, like, and Phoenix can use it multiple times. In the deck, they already play. Because what someone pointed out to me is that, you know, Seeker of Air, you use Mindsetter Strength to use Fushishio on someone, then you use this to bring Fushishio into play, and then Fushishio leaves play and resurrects someone else, which is disgusting. And it's one influence, so they can do that. This card is far too good and will end up on the restricted list. You have Steel for uh, Seal of Approval. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I think one influence for this card is, is a bit ridiculous. I know it's air roll only, but even so, I like, mean... We, we've already seen that Phoenix can very reliably play a five-cost event. Yeah. Uh, so playing a two-cost event should be yeah, no problem. Sure. Um, so that's, I mean, that's just very good. Next up, we have Petal, Village Estate, Gorgeous Art, uh, an Imperial holding uh, for Scorpion. Each Imperial character you control gets plus one political and plus one. I mean, this makes your Otomo Courtiers and your Sephun Guardsmen three dash for one which is pretty solid. Uh, it gives Seppu Nishikawa plus two, plus two. This is also a harbinger of an Imperial theme that Scorpion seem to be getting. Yeah. They do have a few good Imperial cards regardless, but I imagine this Herald could, yeah, that's true. is going to be a lot more. Bad cards, but there are like a bunch of uh, like interesting... Uh, mag- uh, Scorpion have a lot of magistrates inherent, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Because this is... This implies that this is in the sixth pack of the of the cycle. This implies that by the end of the sixth pack, the Scorpion Clan have made themselves much more closely aligned with the Imperial family. Yeah, somehow. It, and it's possible say, that the sixth pack is like here's Imperial Scorpion is the theme or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and as somebody who plays Cooney Labs, this effect uh, is regularly. strong. It is. However, you really need to hit three or four characters before it's worth the spot. And I have access to Rebuild, right? Which... Well, I mean, do you think... Because this is Imperial, so do you think Scorpion will run Satoshi and Rebuild like Crab do? Because Satoshi turns into a 3-5 with this. I I say no because hitting this card will be very unreliable with Satoshi if you are just jamming a bunch of Imperials. But if your Um, Imperial cards are good, then you might get... Yeah, and maybe it's worth it then. Maybe they'll go back to Satoshi. And the other thing Mm. is, as of right now, Scorpion doesn't have, like, a swarm strategy, right? Like, they have ninjas out of uh, their... But they're not Imperial. Whereas Cooney Labs does reward having a lot of small guys in play. Yeah, and one of Cooney Labs' greatest strengths is Keeper Initiates, which Scorpion Keeper decks... Their plan is not to swarm. Their plan is to sit and turtle and dirtle 
until they draw Exodia and hit you with that kind of compliments and you lose. Um, which this card just doesn't accentuate because they're trying to play from their hand very heavily. And they're like, I'm going to buy a Bayushi Liar and pass and uh, do, make, make you salty about this matchup as your entire plan crumbles. One thing I do think is interesting is like, are, like so Kachiko is Imperial. She's already in the deck. Uh, Cutting Magistrate is uh, Imperial, already in the deck. Uh, and also, Seven Truthseeker sees play in Scorpion because they reinforce their Dishonor theme. I mean, you got a pretty good base to start off with if you want to just, like, you know, if you want to throw a couple more characters in there. As Mac was saying, you get to throw Satoshi back in there. We've got Hantai, Satori, and Daisetsu on the horizon, which would be worthwhile inclusions. Um, none of them, those things are so big they don't really cover, like, get a benefit from this plus one, plus one, because that's really more, like, as you guys are saying, a swarm idea. But, you know, and also Scorpion's tendency to buy cheap things to poke, you know. I wouldn't be actually be surprised to see an Otomo uh, courtier in there. I think the Seppin's Guardsman's a bit uh, in, in the wrong direction, but I can see an Otomo courtier popping up. What I'll say for this card is, if we got this card today, it would be Binder Fodder. Maybe by the time we hit pack six, Scorpion will have enough Imperial characters that are cheap enough and that you want to play that this is a deck. Because this seems to be what they're doing... Like, Crab is getting a sacrifice theme, Dragon is getting ring manipulation, Scorpion's theme um, might be Imperial. I think if Scorpion take uh, uh, some sort of fire roll and then try to slot in Imperial Librarian, that might be a really functional strategy there. Interesting. Yeah. Seppin Truth Seeker as well. There's lots of great cards that are Imperial, I think, and they're only going to get more if this theme is to be believed. Uh, so that's a wait-and-see one, but it has potential to be brilliant. Uh, the last card is just so interesting. So zero for plus one, plus one, great attachment. Void roll only. Attached character gains the Bushi and the Courtier traits. So we are seeing so many cards that reward Bushi and Courtier. You've got Justicar's uh, approach. You've got a perfect cut, which is a free honor for a Bushi. I mean, this is just such a strong effect. You can see why it's roll locked, but it's only one influence. So, I mean, I know certainly Dragon are thinking about splashing it because a plus one, plus one for zero with the ability to make some interesting cards playable. Um, it's just a good idea. Well, well, Max is here, so I can't name drop his opinions as if they were my own, but I will uh, name drop uh, uh, Eric Balhos. He was in the Crane chat talking about it. He likes this card just on pure value of it being a zero cost plus one plus one. And, you yeah. know, free force is cool. And if you could a perfect cut to honor your something interesting, then why not? Why not? It's... So my my primary question about this card when I buy your new name off of you with Karada District, do I get to choose another new name, or am I stuck with the name you picked yourself? <laughs> I think you're okay, stuck, I you're stuck have, with I, the name that I if chose. If you do I not mean, give me the new name that you are giving your character, am I allowed to call the judge? <laughs> yes. No. Yes. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're always allowed to call the judge. They'll tell you to shut up why not right why not yeah. every time you play this card you have to name your character that is the official official ruling of the court games podcast um if you do not think of a good name so, uh then you know your opponent wins the game so when, when, uh, me and max, <laughs> when me and max go to events and usually there's a spiel by the judge and they say does anybody have any questions i throw up my hand i say like how does mirror's gaze work <laughs> that they boo me out of the room this is this is why trevor hasn't gotten uh, <laughs> yet uh when he asks that question the judges stack the bracket against him 
<laughs> I, I believe it. Anyone asking about Mirror's Gaze deserves to get a black card from the competition, as far as I'm concerned. Go, Tyra, go to a tournament and see five freaking Phoenixes i got to play through. Yeah, I think but they have I, stack against I do me. think this card is very potentially strong and could definitely see a lot of use. Uh, even if you're not making a ton of use of Bushin Courtier, zero for plus two stats has uh, made it index since Corset. And of course, it's not restricted. All right, let's see. Uh, let's give a final shout out. As always, I want to give a shout out to our sister podcast, Court Games with RPG Side, hosted by Kovar and Kikita Kaori, talking about RPG lore and other things of that nature and stuff. Give a big shout out to Seabass, even though he keeps asking me not to and stuff, but I gotta love the man. Uh, give a huge shout out to our community for supporting us and loving us and all that. We love the kind comments you guys leave for us. Uh, and for those who don't know, if you head over to the L5R Discord, channel we have our own chat room called court games uh is it court games talk i can't remember i'm not even gonna look at it it is court games talk yeah yeah um you guys can get there and talk to us and sometimes we ask questions and we answer them on a mailbag segment but that's only for podcasts that don't go two hours over time i think we should do the mailbag segment you're saying that (laughs) because you have asked the question okay (laughs) for for the benefit of all the readers we're not going to answer this question but i want you to know the level of question that our, our lovely guest here has asked us. So Mackie no Oni, lovely Max on our channel, thank you very much for joining us. It's been great to have you on. Of course, it's been great to be here. Um, asked, is it racist, wait for it, that Team Turtle wasn't allowed to sign up for the World Cup? See, I don't even know what that means. Now, I'm just like out of the zeitgeist, apparently. So, <laughs> I mean, Turtles are a race, so it's not racist. As an answer to question, is it bigoted <laughs> that we didn't let Team Turtle join in? <laughs> I'm going to say, and I'm going to quote the very famous English politician, uh, English comedian. Do they have a flag? No flag, no country, right? There, there's and a world. There's started. a world turtle day. Just because you get a day, you don't yeah, get a flag. But, but I, I am a turtle. <laughs> well, spyglass is gone, so there are no more turtles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm now very impressed that you're speaking English, but we'll continue with that theme. Uh, uh, if you played World of Warcraft, I would make a joke about how a turtle made it to the water. Um, anyway, we're trying but... to close out, unless Finbar actually wants to stay up all night and miss his job in the morning. I It's my first week, so no. No, that's not happening. Well, then let's wrap this I am up. A, I am a diligent employee, and I am engaged and engaging. Yes. I just want to say the final call to action is for everyone to please uh, like and subscribe us on your podcast hoping, hosting platform of choice. It does a lot to spread uh, us around and get us noticed and uh, get us out to the eyes and ears of other people who are interested in this great hobby of ours. Yeah, we hit 2,000 listens the other day. Um, we're just going to be egotistical and assume that everyone listened to the podcast till the end. But we're also quite excited that people are listening to the podcast. So, you know, if you like us... Uh, please do give us a bit of a like and a follow and, and be very, yeah. support them on patreon you can get the samurai tag in discord just like i have and be in the secret patreons only chat and where there it is are awesome happening there, there are have you ever won i one? have not uh another player from our area won one and though. was it cool uh he seemed to enjoy it a lot yes okay so Mason he didn't won. share yes what did he win uh, mason won uh like an a set of uh, snack boxes oh, from Japan. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And he hasn't shared any of the he snacks. He did not. 
Yes. To, re- to reinforce the, the, the notion that for some reason I know everybody in this game, our good buddy uh, Mason Whitlark, who is also the host of the Art of Bushido website, where he hosts and, uh, a discussions for... Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, he's a pretty He cool does those of pretty cool art posts. Yeah, yeah. Fist of Samurai underscore. Has not played a yeah. single game of FFG's version of L5R, so what does he know? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So we're going to leave it there. It is a small world, um, but of course, yeah... Thank you all for listening, and we will see you again soon. Sayonara, everyone. You probably won't see me again, but I love you anyway.